You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 154, Amy Jackson and Trusting God with the Questions. Welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. Thank you so much for downloading. I'm your host, Eric Nevins, and we've got a great conversation for you today. Our guest, she's the founder and director of The Perch, and she'll tell us all about that. It provides space and skills for soul care, which is so important. Um, she's also a former publisher at Christianity Today and has served in pastoral ministry. I'm sure we'll get to all of that in due course here. Our guest is Amy Jackson. Amy, welcome to Halfway There. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be here. It is great to have you here. And uh, I love a lot of what you're doing. I can't wait to hear more about it. Why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about who you are and where God has you right now? Yeah, so uh, I am in Aurora, Illinois, just to kind of give people geographical (laughs) context, and I currently am leading uh, my own organization, The Perch, and um, yeah, we're doing all sorts of different events and resources all around soul care, so everything from retreats and kind of traditional things to um, meditative painting and all sorts of artistic workshops and things to help you kind of figure out what your calling is and find purpose in life. So it's a really, really fun season of life. (laughs) Yeah, it's really cool. You've got all kinds of, you do like retreats. And um, if I remember right, you have a space even, right? That you, you have that, right? Yes. Yeah. About, um, gosh, not even quite a year ago, we moved into our own space in downtown Aurora, which has been a real joy to have our own consistent space instead of just random rented places every time we're doing an event. (laughs) Right. Right. Which is, is really cool. So I love that. And I can't wait to hear more about why you started the perch and and how it, uh, how it came about and what God's doing with it. But let's come back to that. Let's, let's work our way back. So so let's start out. uh, Tell us, are you from Illinois? Are you, are you an Illinois girl? I am. I'm actually from Aurora. You so are, wow. I have not gone far. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from um, technically North Aurora, which is its own uh, town. Um, but I, yeah, born and raised here. And my husband and I met in uh, in high school, actually, and never thought we'd come back here. And yet we're here and we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. So I lived in Chicago for a while. I lived in um, Highland Park, so kind of ah, yeah. north instead of east of Chicago. But uh, so I, I remember that world well, and I miss the food. Like that is good mm-hmm. food out there. It's true. We we have some pretty great food in the area. <laughs> we know how to eat well. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. That might be why I gained like fifty pounds when I was that, in Chicago. It's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, well, that's awesome. So from Aurora, what was it, did you grow up like as a, as a church kid or like, what was your family like? Yeah, so I did not, um, I did not grow up going to church. We occasionally went to a Catholic church in the area. Um, my dad had been raised Catholic and, and felt pretty strongly that we should at least go through kind of uh, the sacraments go through confirmation at some point. Um, but really we didn't attend very often. I actually was in 
gymnastics growing up and our meets were almost always Sunday morning. So, um, there wasn't much of a fight when that started happening, but, uh, it was like a nice, like, Oh yeah, we have gymnastics. We can't, we can't go to church. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up not attending or very, very infrequently. We might go for Christmas Eve. Um, but that was, that was about it. Okay. So there's not a lot of spiritual connection necessarily through your family. Yeah, not, not at all. And, uh, it was, so you can understand it was pretty, uh, rattling in high school. My dad kind of kicked in with like, well, it's time for confirmation class and you should, you should at least go through the motions and get your check mark and get your certificate that you, you know, graduated. And then you can make your own decisions about faith. Um, so there, there's some sort of like works, like let's check off the stuff so that makes sure you're covered kind of thing. Absolutely. And, and it was really, I mean, really the first time I even had, like, I was like, what are you talking about? We don't go to church. What you, like, what do you mean? Um, but I was, I was willing to oblige for a little while and go to the classes, uh, but quickly had a lot of questions. Um, things just weren't logically adding up to me. And so I just started asking questions. I've always been someone that is willing to voice like, hey, well, what do you mean? And what does that look like? And I quickly found out that my questions were not welcome in my particular <laughs> class. What? <laughs> yeah. It may have been different with other teachers, but the teacher that I had was not uh, a fan of any questions whatsoever. Um, and I can distinctly remember one day she actually, her response to me was, you know what, you're going to go to hell because you can't have all these questions. Oh no! And for me, that was like, okay, well, this is not, this feels very flawed. If this God that you're trying to, you know, win me over to can't handle a couple of questions. Um, and so for me, that was kind of the, the end point I was done. I, I didn't want to return. I actually uh, dropped out. I kind of just decided on my own, like I'm dropping out and which turned into, a whole series of questions where the priest tried calling me, trying to convince me to come back. We were about two weeks out from confirmation. So it oh, was yeah. very close to graduation day, um, if you will. And uh, I just was done. It just, it was like, well, maybe some other time, maybe in the future, if I had more of a um, inkling to do that and had someone who could answer questions. But right now this just doesn't make any sense. Um, and coincidentally, my dad, who was the one who really, was raised in that kind of environment and was the one who originally was pushing it was like, well, you know, you tried, it's all good. Like not a big deal. And that's all he wanted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And my mom was the one who was like, no, you need to finish what you started. Like you need to check off the box. Um, so it, it definitely led to some tense, tense month or so in our house. And then it was quickly dropped again, because as I said, it wasn't really part of their journey. It wasn't part of their lifestyle. Um, yeah, but, uh, kind of a weird turn of events. Just a few months later, um, I had a, a very, very close friend of mine who regularly went to church and regularly was part of her youth group and was a leader there, um, just invited me for, they had a, a fun night kind of thing. And so I thought, well, this will be fun because I know how this goes. I'll ask questions and scare everybody away. <laughs> <And> try it again. <laughs> and, um, and so I actually brought a friend. I, I did accept her invitation, but I brought another friend uh, to, so we could kind of like laugh and make fun of the whole thing. And I went and it happened to me what they called testimony night. And it was literally kids that I had grown up with, who I was in school with, who were sharing their own stories of why they went to church, why they were there. Um, none of them had stories of my mom makes me come or my dad is making me be here. Um, 
they were all very like, this is why I'm here. This is how God is real in my life. And I was like, what in the world are these people talking about? Um, and it intrigued me. It intrigued me enough and gave me more questions to ask. So I, I continued going because I wanted to kind of keep asking questions. And uh, yeah. Did they, did they welcome your questions? They did. Yes. Thankfully, they welcomed my questions and they were not afraid by them at all. Um, and they didn't always have answers, which, which actually to me was very, uh, comforting because mm. it felt like, well, should you have all of the answers? Like that feels a little too pat to me. Um, but they kind of just had this trust that even if I don't know, have the answer, God, God's got it covered. Interesting. Okay. So I've heard that story before from a friend who's Muslim, same thing, right. In his, oh, in his family, uh, Tony Weeder guys, if you want to go back to the archives, but that was like he, he, they couldn't handle the question. He's like, why do we pray five times a day? I don't understand this. And so it was the, it was the, I can't remember if they're Catholic missionaries or Protestant missionaries, but the missionaries who were like, okay, bring on the questions. No problem. Interesting. Right. So friends, don't be afraid of questions. Just yeah. answer them and trust that God can answer them. Even if you can't. Yes, absolutely. Which um, has not only was hugely beneficial to my own coming to Christ, but also, uh, in my growth and my spiritual growth has been a huge kind of topic and theme that comes, that I come back to, because I feel like any God who's worth following, just got to trust that he has the answers and we don't always have all the answers and allow some mystery and shall allow some, I'm not really sure. Let's figure that out together or let's pray about that and hope, you know, pray that we can find an answer together. I feel like it's much more impactful and much more meaningful than just somehow being able to rattle off answers to everything about our faith. Right. Right. Okay. So you eventually gave your life to Christ in that youth group, I'm guessing? I did. Yeah. yeah. So after several months of lots of questions and soul searching, um, I ended up coming to faith through that, through that youth group. And um, very quickly, I was kind of was all in. So I became, uh, helped, started helping with leadership. And then I moved on to the leadership team. Um, shortly after that, I left for college and, uh, was a leader in our ministry at college. And so it just kind of, my faith very quickly turned, uh, huge. It was huge in my life. Like I said, it was just kind of an all in. Cause it felt like at that point it was like, well, if I'm going to be for this and going to say yes to this, like, I want, I want to do it the whole way. Like if this is going to be my life, then this is going to be my life. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to do this part way. Is that how you are with everything? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, go big go, or go home. Uh, I am a eight on the Enneagram for uh-huh. anyone who is in that realm of things. And yeah. So if I'm like, well, if I've decided this is for me, then it's all for me. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Okay. We've talked about the Enneagram. We've had a few Enneagram episodes, so we're familiar okay. with it here, um, which is interesting. So you're an eight. I'm a four. So nice. different. Yeah. Well, no, it's just like emotionally chaos all the time, but that's it. <laughs> um, Anyway, so that very interesting. Okay, so you you start getting into leadership. You're like all in. What happened in your family? I'm really curious about that. Was it because that might have been interesting? Yeah, yeah. So that was a a weird turning point because I think they were, um, you know, they were like, "That's cool that she's going to youth group. Like that's that's nice that she's got some activity and that she's making friends." Um, They saw it as kind of like a nice social activity. But I think when I started like you know, I had to get up early to go to a leadership meeting or I had to miss something with family because I was going to, you know, such and such meeting or helping out with something. They started getting a little like, 
this sounds cultish. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, and again, my, you know, my dad's frame of reference was uh, his Catholic upbringing, which felt very different than this um, Protestant youth group kind of setting that I was in. And so he wasn't, um, you know, they, they know where we're like angry or mad that I was going, but they're just very skeptical about what, like, how did we get from here to there? <laughs> what is going on? And um, should we be worried about our daughter? Because <laughs> she's really all in on this crazy thing. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So it sounds like you also very quickly were, um, you said you'd be a leader and kind of like diving in. Did you have any other kind of discipleship besides just being, being in the leader? Or what kind of, were there mentors? Were there Bible studies or something that kind of, Yes. Into you. Yeah. So I was, uh, I always say I, small groups have always been part of my faith walk, um, because from the very beginning, that was just part of the structure of our group and throughout the rest of my, um, experience, small groups have always been prominently featured in any setting I've been in and, um, ended up in myself and pastoral ministry overseeing small groups. Um, but I think, so right away I was in these groups of not only peers, but also um, partnered with older kind of adult sponsors that would meet with us one-on-one and kind of start doing some more formal discipleship, mm-hmm. um, which was helpful in so many ways because I had literally no background. I didn't know any Bible studies. I, I didn't know any Bible stories. I didn't know any, I didn't know, I didn't well, know the right Jesus answer. I didn't know yeah. what those things were. Um, so it was really helpful to give some foundation. I think, um, on the flip side of that, I, you know, understandably had human mentors who also kind of gave some very pat answers and some very quick kind of formulaic ways of following Christ, um, which were helpful as a 16 year old brand new convert, didn't know anything, you know, um, but not helpful in the long term, I think. Yeah. So my um, first question is, okay, that didn't sit well with you probably. So I'm, I'm curious about how that, how that worked, yes. but yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, originally it was like, I just wanted to soak up, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, what does this new life look like? I know it looks totally different. And so getting, getting some answers was helpful, but at a certain point when it became kind of basically the message that I I picked up was that there was this perfect formula to follow, to follow Christ. And basically the Christian life was as much as possible. And I would say not even as humanly possible because there was a trust aspect of God meeting us in this um, endeavor, but as much as possible to stay the course on that formula. And if you fall off, you know, fall off the course, there's grace, there's forgiveness, but get back on the formula. This, there's one formula for following Christ. And which is um, what? It's, you know, I think there was a lot of very basic, like read your Bible so many minutes a day, right. pray, um, go to church one time a week at least. You know, it was very like, here are all the boxes to check off on a regular basis. Right. Um, which again, as a 16 year old brand new convert, there's some comfort in that. Like, Oh, now I know how to get started. There's, here's, a, here's kinda... there's a time for that. Yes, absolutely. And so there was some really hopeful things in that. Um, but very quickly you start discovering, well, life just isn't that simple. <laughs> And I'm meeting believers in different contexts who are who are living lives that are fantastically honoring God, but don't quite look like this formula that's been laid out for me. Um, and other people who are following the formula perfectly that 
don't really look like it's affecting their lives very well. Um, and so, yeah, so I was pretty quickly kind of like, wait a second, maybe, maybe there's more than this formula. And I'm not sure even know. I, and at that point I didn't even really know how to figure that out or where to go. Yeah. Okay. So what, how did you figure that out? eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I will say, so right around that time is when I ended I started college and I was introduced to this fantastic ministry, uh, at Eastern Illinois called Christian campus house. And, um, there are some at all sorts of state <clears throat> colleges around the country, but they, uh, specifically were so good at introducing us to all sorts of different spiritual practices, to group life, to complexities of life. And so I felt like these kind of newer questions were welcome again. These newer, harder questions um, were welcome again. And there's something about that life stage of, you know, 18 to 21, everyone's kind of asking a lot of those same questions. And so it just felt like an environment that I could again, ask questions in a safe place, but also be introduced to some new things and some new examples of what it looks like to follow Christ. And so I remember, um, you know, we often had alumni come in and like share with us about their journeys and where they ended up. And to hear some of their stories of how, you know, I started, I thought I would want to do this and I ended as a missionary, or Mm -hmm. I thought I always wanted to be a missionary. And I ended up, I work for a social work, you know, organization in my community with um, people that I never even knew lived in my community. Um, and so you found these kind of like, oh, God's doing some really cool things and meeting them in ways that don't quite fit the formula. And yet you see them and you hear from them and you see that they're just as valid um, in their Christian walk, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. It kind of expands your view, right? When you start to see that God actually uh, uses everybody in all kinds of places and sometimes it doesn't have to be the professional Christian work. That uh, that we sort of aspire to. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and coincidentally, uh, so I went to school to be a teacher and thought I would be a middle school teacher and loved my time preparing for that. And then right around the time I was graduating, started feeling like maybe I should do ministry, maybe I should do this thing. And so here I found myself actually the opposite. Like I had a lot of friends who came in thinking, well, of course I'll do church work and ended up doing more um regular jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I came in thinking like church work, that's ridiculous. And ended up kind of going out being like, I think I'm supposed to do church work. <laughs> wow. Um, was there one thing that convinced you of that or was there like a series of things? Oh gosh, there was a series of things. Um, I, at the time I, I, as I said, I was kind of leading, I was leading small groups. I ended up on essentially what our ministry called an elder board. We didn't call them elders because we were all, you know, 20. Um, but <laughs> we Smart. were essentially, you know, elder board. And so I was overseeing the shepherding of people and I, I kept finding um, my skills were kind of leading, kept leading me back to this pastoral kind of things. And I saw that I could do that in teaching, but I also started wondering what would that look like in a different setting? And maybe there's something about how I came to Christ that could be especially helpful um, in a church setting that feels non-traditional. And so I really kind of balked at that at first, but, uh, through some, honestly, I did some personality tests and some, uh, mentoring and some things like that. It started leading me to think, you know, where my gifts are, where my passions are, maybe this could actually be really helpful in a traditional church setting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So right at the end of my career there, I started exploring what that could look like. Interesting. So are you more of a shepherd? 
You know, yes, I have, I definitely have some shepherd gifts, but I also, I mean, I said it earlier, I'm an eight. So it does, that kind of clashes sometimes with the traditional. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, the traditional thought mindset of like a shepherd, but I, I'm so fiercely protective and encouraging of people that are in my care. Um, and I, so I, that, that is, that is a shepherd. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. You're right. Right. Interesting. I was contrasting that with being a teacher though, because there, there are like teaching, teaching and shepherding go hand in hand, but they're not always the same thing. That's a great point. Yes. And I, you know, it's funny because I, I love the teaching aspect and I love that, but there is something profoundly much more life giving to the like shepherding to me. So if, if teaching helps with the shepherding, great, but you're absolutely right that, that shepherding is definitely where my heart is at. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, cool. So you discover this and then what happens? Like, where do you, where do you go? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, this was totally, there's no other explanation than God had been preparing this, but my, the church that I had gone to youth group at, um, had heard about, which is so funny to think about this now, but they were calling it this newfangled thing called small groups that they had heard about. (laughs) Right. And, um, (laughs) So they wanted to have someone, hire someone to start small groups at the church. And because I had had all this experience, especially through college ministry, they thought, well, you should be able to help us. So they actually offered me a pastoral position um, right out of college to come back and start small group ministry um, at the church, which was so crazy. I had never barely even attended a church, (laughs) a traditional church prior to that. And then to be back where I actually was like a peer to my youth pastor. Um, yeah. Kind of a funny (laughs) chain of events. That's a weird, weird relationship there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's an amazing, I mean, he's fantastic and he made it so smooth and lovely and he always treated me as a peer but yeah I would be like um should we be should I be offering my opinion in this meeting too because like you're like the guy that helped me (laughs) so it was it's really fun very cool how long did you do that so I did that for about four years um it was a it was a (laughs) it was an experience Oh, no, I, it was really I have to hear good. more about this. Yes. It was really, really good on so many levels. Um, the church, my fellow staff members were so amazing at giving me so many opportunities to test my wings, to try my skills, to try out different gift sets, um, to preach, to, you know, do all wow. sorts of things. And so it was really amazing opportunities to just try things and figure it out. Um, and and the church itself had a lot of inner conflict happening that wasn't being dealt with. And so in my time there, the numbers drastically dropped. Um, and along with that, the budget drastically yeah. dropped. And so small groups um, aren't as important anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so they were incredibly gracious um, and gave me, they were like, we see the writing on the wall. You've got about six months left if you want to start looking for something else. Um, but, but yes, it was a hard, uh, it was definitely a hard place to be where you're like, well, I'm just being eliminated. Um, but at the same time, I think it was, uh, some grace in that timing. Cause it was a, it was a very hard place to be. Um, I was so young, so naive to church culture and, and unhealthy culture and, um, was so burned out and needed a break, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I, I spent literally 15 years wanting to be a pastor and then when uh, I graduated, it was a downturn and 
didn't have really have any experience because I was working full time and going to school full time and trying to do a little ministry here. And I just didn't ever really get into a pastoral position. Um, and I'm so grateful for that today. <laughs> like I yeah. see people now, like, whew, that's a hard position. It's hard to do. It's so challenging. And I, one thing that I'm really grateful for is like, it really, really opened my eyes to some of the passions in my life. And, and one of mm. those is for people in ministry. I think it gave me enough time in that, in that kind of position, especially as a woman in ministry. Yeah. To Which it, really get a good idea of what people are up against and what they face and and how desperately they need soul care and how people in ministry need the break and need safe people. Um, and so it, that kind of propelled me toward my next career steps, which has been really helpful um, and not something that I could have foreseen in in that position itself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll take us into that. What was what happened next? Sure. Yeah. So. I, at the time, really just thought I would stay in ministry. So I applied to what felt like 1 million different (laughs) positions in the area. Um, And honestly, just never heard back from any of them. Like, never heard a word, um, which I know is unfortunately very, very common. Okay. I'm going to, can I just rant about that for a second? Don't do that. Friends, if you're ever on the search committee, don't do that. Make sure everybody hears from you. Even if you don't want them, just say something, please. It's so bad. Even just like the the basic email that's like, thank you for applying. You know, we've gone a different direction. Send it to all of the people. <laughs> all you need to know. I know it's hard. It takes some time. It's all you need. You just need to see some closure. Okay, that door's not going anywhere. Fine. I Because I had that same experience. It's just so irritating. Oh, it's so frustrating. Well, cause, especially because you keep thinking like, wait. Is, am I hearing back from them? Should I hear back from them? What's going on? Um, and you don't want to be the the nag who keeps emailing to be like, just wanted to make sure you got my stuff or, you know, giving the call or whatever. Right. Um, so just let me know. It's all good. <laughs> right. Just be honest. It's okay. Have that conversation. All right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's a, that's an aside. No, absolutely. I feel like we helped some people here though, Amy. I feel like. I think so. <laughs> it's a good life lesson. We needed to, we needed to speak that truth. <laughs> Amen. All right. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So after I kind of felt like, well, I think this door might not be <laughs> open. Um, I was actually finishing up my grad program at the time. Uh, I went to Wheaton College and did a Christian formation and ministry program. And I was finishing up and I ended up talking with my advisor, like, do you have any like insight? Like, should I go a different path? Like what, like, is there something I'm not thinking of? And she was like, have you ever thought about Christian publishing? Which I was like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking about ministry to you and you're throwing back to me publishing, which just felt so bizarre. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, she must've thought I was so silly, but <laughs> she was gracious to me. And uh, I ended up starting looking at some different publishing editorial positions um, and started, actually found myself in an internship at Christianity Today doing some church resources. Um, and so I, I, just as a funny note, I started in a, an area of the ministry called uh, church law and tax. And so literally it was like um, compensation tables oh, yeah. and, you know, things around how to, how to protect children in the church and creating resources for that. And I hated every minute of the, the products that I was putting together, but I loved the work. Like I loved the editorial work. And so, um, it just so happened as my internship was ending, I, the 
the brand uh, smallgroups.com opened up and they needed an editor. And so I moved into that position and it was, I was there for seven years. Wow. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it ended up being a really good fit. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What? So, cause I think Christian publishing is a world that is very interesting, but also a little bit misunderstood. Like what, so what did you learn in that time about the aims and things that are going on there? Yeah. So, you know, I will preface and say at, at Christianity Today in particular, there's kind of two different areas. One is the magazine that so many people are familiar with um, and kind of the more news um, article kind of things that are coming out. And then there's tons and tons of different church resources. And so um, what I realized once I actually got into it was that these resources were so helpful. They were helping actually churches around the world do the work that God had put before them. And yeah. so, um, you know, I put together these resources of literally like, how do you find small group leaders? How do you train small group leaders? Um, how do you take care of yourself as a leader, as you're leading ministry? And these are like really basic things, but literally who is helping ministers do that well? Um, and so it felt like a really important ministry to people like I had been in ministry, right? needing those kind of resources and encouragement. And, um, really practical tools. And so that was, it was really, it was a world I had no idea even existed. And, and then I felt like, oh my goodness, this is so critically important. Um, especially when you think of, you know, today we think of a lot of larger churches that are able to create a lot of those, their own resources like that. But the majority of churches are not that position. The majority of the churches are, you know, hundred people or less, and they have, one pastor maybe or two staff people and they're trying to do it all and they need all the help they can get and encouragement that they can get. Yeah, absolutely. So in a way you were shepherding pastors there. Absolutely. Which was ironic because it took me about a year and a half to go, Oh, I see what you did here, God. (laughs) Nice. Very interesting. Yes. So it was a fun um, realization when you're like, Oh, I I see what you did. But yes. Yeah. I ended up and shepherding the shepherds, which was a really cool place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So how long did you do that? You said seven years. Yeah. So, and during that time I took over all sorts of different areas, discipleship things, pastoral resources, women in ministry. And, um, yeah, overall it was, I absolutely loved the ministry of it. I loved, um, hearing from people and hearing their stories and hearing how we had helped them or impacted them in their own ministry. Um, and, and then suddenly it was not a good fit for me anymore. <laughs> and so um, I moved out of that role about just over a year ago, actually. Um, and so, yeah, I, one thing I learned uh, the hard way was as I kind of grew in the organization and got into different places, I started realizing that um, sometimes behind the scenes looks drastically different uh, than... right in front of the, in front of the curtain. <laughs> yep. And, um, so yeah, so I really started wondering what my kind of long-term plan was there and what that could look like. And, um, if it was what God had for me, um, yeah. And it turned out it was not what he had for me <laughs> for yeah. the long term. Okay. So this is all interesting. I think because you, you had this real process of kind of finding, 
your gifts and finding your kind of sweet spot and kind of and developing that and doing it. Can you describe just your relationship with God throughout that whole time? Like, is there, what was that like? Yeah. Great question. So, you know, it's funny to think because I always say like for six of my seven years there, I literally would wake up and thank God for my, my job every wow. single morning because it felt like you have perfectly placed me you know my gifts so much better than I even know. You're giving me opportunities to do ministry that I didn't even know that's exactly what my heart was desiring. Um, and then things started shifting. And so I, I started being like, well, wait a second. You you brought me here. <laughs> Everything seemed to be really great. I, I've continued doing the things that I'm really, I think, good at, what you put on my heart. Why is this changing? So what's going on here? And it wasn't... Um, to be clear, it wasn't like anger at God. It was just kind of this, am I missing something or what, am I doing something that's changing this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of confusion and kind of this soul searching again um, of like, kind of like when I was exiting ministry, like full-time ministry, I felt like, wait a second, isn't this where you place me? Like, am I missing something? What's going on? And so I felt like, my answer to that was to try to go to good counselors, if you will. So I talked with a lot of friends and did some more uh, research into, you know, who am I and sitting with God and Mm. just really allowing him to speak to me and speak about what was on my heart and what needed to to happen. And um, during that time, he actually really brought up this dream that had been on my heart for a long time that I quickly kept pushing away. (laughs) Um, which is what actually became the perch later on. Um, but it kind of kept coming back to this. You no, know, like I got this very clear sense that I, I know this is really hard. I know, like, I know what you're saying. You keep, you are doing the same things. Like why is everything shifting underneath your feet? Um, and I just felt like him really like sitting with me, like I know, and, and it's not going away. Like, <laughs> which is kind of a funny yeah. place to be. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're hearing me and you see that this is not comfortable, like, wait a second, <laughs> are you going to, um, should I change? Is the situation changing? And he was just like, yep, we just got to sit here for a little bit. Wow. Um, yeah. Which, which, um, thankfully I feel like I've had this journey in my life with God where I'm like, I trust him enough to be like, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't like this. I don't like this at all, <laughs> but uh, okay, if that's what you're saying we're doing, that that's what we'll do. So, um, so a lot of my walk with God in that year and a half was about, okay, what, what's mine to do right here? What's mine to do in this moment? Um, is there something that I can do to make this better? Is this a situation where I just sit and trust that you're going to make this better in the long term? Um, and, it was a, it's a, it's an awkward place to be when you, you can barely see your next step and you're kind of just like, God just told me we're hanging out here for a little bit and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to, it sounded like, and it didn't, oh, gosh, no. it didn't sound like you changed probably something in the environment changed that kind of made it a little more difficult. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. And so that's, you know, that's a hard place to be. Cause I think my, part of my instinct has always been, I want to be a part of a solution. I want to do some introspection, like what am I, how am I adding to this situation? And so that was my first instinct. It was to say, okay, God, 
I clearly have strayed here somehow. I've messed up. What, you know, what's going on with me? What do I need to change? And after that work's done and the, the situation still hasn't changed at all, you start going, okay, wait a second. Now what do I do? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, there, yeah, it's just a, like I said, not a fun place to be, not a place yeah. I wanted to be. And I was very honest with him about that. But knowing that he was in it with me and knowing that, I mean, it can't go on forever, surely. <laughs> right. You would think. Um, I was willing to just kind of wait and see and wait for that either things to get better or for that kind of release to move on to whatever was next. Okay. So then when you were ready to move on, what happened? Yeah. So there came a day that things kind of solidified where it was very clear that this, this door has closed where we're moving on. This is not your place anymore. You are released to go somewhere else. And, uh, so I ended up putting in my notice and, um, and, and getting ready to leave, which was incredibly, I mean, all of the feelings so bittersweet. Sure. Um, especially because I, I'm so passionate about the people around me and my team and team building. And so honestly, the most painful thing was leaving these people that I was developing around me and knowing that, um, like, you know, I don't, I don't know what their future looks like and having to trust their future and their development to God, that sounds so, you know, controlling. Um, (laughs) but it was that kind of, I'm leaving them here not knowing what's next for them. And, um, and so I stepped out of that role and honestly had to just kind of move into, um, a time of some healing because I needed to kind of figure out what, what this next, next phase of life looked like. Um, now, coincidentally, a couple of months right before the ending, I um, finally kind of <laughs> gave in to God. <laughs> That's the best, perfect way I can describe it. Gave in to God around this idea of what became the perch. Um, he had for years been telling me about a soul care organization where I could be um, providing a space where people could come and connect with him and connect with others, connect with themselves and grow um, a safe place where they could bring questions, where they could be themselves and um, really focus on developing that relationship with him. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm helping people do that. I'm creating these resources that they're going and doing that work. And he was like, no, you get to do that. You get to do that in your own wow. organization. And I was like, that's really silly. Um, especially when I loved my day job. And I also really fought back with that because I felt like, well, isn't that just the church? Like that's, you're describing the church to me, um, which <laughs> how it should be. My, yes, exactly. And my optimism, I'm like, absolutely. That should be the church. <laughs> um, but I also know that's not always our experience in the local church. And so I kind of really wrestled with that. And so I, all that to say, uh, I finally kind of came to this point where I gave into God and said, I'm willing to put um, two events on the calendar. I will make this official. I'll give it a name. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and call this thing the perch and do these two events. No one will sign up. No one will come. And then I'll be like, told you God, this was a bad idea. (laughs) And, um, so so (laughs) you're thinking I'm going to show you God. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What are you like? What? (laughs) This is outrageous. And now the story ends. (laughs) Because it always ends the same way, but go ahead. Absolutely. Like, and I should have known better, but you know, you just got to go through it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so I literally thought, you know, this is just, this is totally ridiculous. And so I put the first two 
events on the calendar for January and February of um, 2018 and kind of put my hands up like, you know what, this isn't going to work. And the first event um, almost sold out and was a runaway hit. The second one completely sold out weeks before it even started. So then we had to figure out what we were going to do because we had way too many people. Um, and, and then meanwhile, things started shifting in my day job that I was like, wait, are you telling me like, this is supposed to be it? Like, this is my job. Like, this is the thing because this sounds totally ridiculous. Um, so I will say even, even as I was experiencing these, you know, really well-received events, even as I was experiencing, like clearly the door shutting at my day job, I still, as I stepped out of my day job thought like, well, this is the perch is just a hobby thing <laughs> and I'll still find like a normal job. And this will just kind of be a fun side thing. Um, and over the next couple of months, yeah, God again made it very clear. Like you're almost there, but you, you don't quite, you're still not hearing me. Like, this is it. This is what I have for you in this season. And so, um, yeah. So in the fall of, uh, 2018 is when I actually kind of took that step of faith to say, this is my full-time gig. Um, got the, got the space. We started leasing our own space in downtown Aurora to actually host those events on a regular basis. And, um, yeah, in a way it kind of feels like the rest is history. We've been doing this now for almost a year. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. So tell us about some of these events. Like what, what do you like to do and what are you kind of trying to facilitate? Yes. So, my favorite events are um, some of our longer like retreat days. So we the very first event we held, and then um, we held it again this year in 2019 is the Empty and Fill Retreat. We do it in January, and it's a nine to four thirty event where you have some traditional like a little bit of teaching and setting up the day. Um, but most of the day is really just for you to spend time reflecting on your life. And so we do that through all sorts of optional stations, um, different activities. You can get out and walk around. You can do different prayer activities. Um, there's different artistic things to do. Um, and the whole idea is just to provide a space that you can connect with God and connect with yourself and walk away feeling more refreshed and more in tune with who you are and who God made you to be. And most of all, uh, that you can in some way walk away feeling more of that love and grace that God offers us. Um, and so that's kind of my favorite setting is to just bring you away for a day and allow you to kind of experience some different things. Uh, lead your own time really for the most of our, most of the time and walk away feeling more connected to God's love and grace. Um, but there's all sorts of ways we do that. So I also love leading, um, it's called our brokenness bowls workshop. It literally is a reflective exercise where you paint a uh, bowl and then you get to break the bowl and then you put it back together using gold. Um, and so oh, there's wow. so much symbolism and it's, it's so fun. Um, I think I could probably do a whole event just on breaking bowls and people would pay me to bring in bowls that they could break. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. <laughs> um, but so there's just, there's so much, you know, symbolism and beauty. And I love kind of expanding people's imagination to think beyond kind of our usual go-to things of how do I connect with God and um, how do I really soak up his love and grace? 
Yeah. And I think that's so, so valuable, especially in the evangelical context, right? We've just gotten so head-based and teaching-based. And I mean, that's one reason that we're doing a story, right? Because yes. I thought, man, we have to hear more of this. And I can ask questions. I can't preach very well. So we, <laughs> I, can, I can do that. And uh, there's enough preaching podcasts. But yeah, I think that totally is a good, good thing. Wow. Okay. So that's it. I love the perch. And someday maybe I'll get a chance to get out there and come see you. But um, that sounds like a really neat ministry. You also have some cool like things that you, you sell on your, on your site. Is this how you're kind of helping support that? Yes. Yeah. So we have a lot of events and if you're local, like that's kind of our main uh, way we're supporting ourselves. But um, we also know not everyone is in Aurora, Illinois or in our surrounding areas. So um, I create a soul care guide for each season. So right now we've got our summer soul care guide up and it has 25 different ideas of ways that you might connect with God and others and yourself this summer. And um Again, that whole the whole point is to kind of just help expand your imagination a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and find find those soul care practices that really fill you up and help you connect um, with God. And so, it's a fun some fun resources on our website to help you wherever you are. Well, you've clearly got a sense of humor as well because <laughs> some of these cards that you have crack me up. Like, uh, I'm, as your friend, I'm willing to punch anyone who tells you everything happens for a reason. Yes. Yes. So we have a whole series of greeting cards that you can buy and send. And oh my goodness, can I just tell you, this was, this is like, I absolutely love them because I just thought like, how do we create cards that you actually want to like get like the thing that says the real thing. Right. (laughs) Right. Or there's one that says you're neat, but it's got a whiskey. It's got a picture of a whiskey. Yes. (laughs) I like that. It's super fun. It's, it's a really, um, you know, one thing that I absolutely love about this journey is I have always had, I've been one of those people who likes a lot of different things, right? Like I crochet sometimes and I loved scrapbooking back in the day. And then I love writing and then there's, you know, I can create resources and I can do small groups. And so one thing I absolutely love that I could not have fathomed that God totally prepared for me is that in the perch, I get to like create cards and wow. make resources and lead event. Like what, like who does a job that does all of those kinds of things? Um, and so it's a super fun place to express my creativity and skills in lots of different formats. No doubt. All right. So I got to quit looking at these cards cause they're making me laugh, but that's, <laughs> Yay, that's, that's so a good, thing. good. Those are awesome. <laughs> I got to get it, get some of those, but uh, yeah, that's very, very cool. Um, so I love what you're doing. Where do you think God's taking you from here? Yeah. So, so one thing I have really, um, well, obviously I should say off the bat, obviously I think there's still so much growth that can happen with the perch, um, really just beginning. Um, and I love, love, love bringing in other presenters and other people to help partner and they can lead out of their skills and their, um, giftings. And so I love bringing in people who are just fantastic in their callings and helping giving them a place that they can practice those callings. Um, but I really think the more I've been kind of reflecting on this is I love the opportunity to develop people in, in their own callings. And so one way is actually giving them the space to do that at the perch. Um, but I also just feel like there's a lot of, a lot more people entering into this area of soul care and, Mm -hmm. um, 
just even thinking through how do I do this as a ministry or as a business? And I think I'm wondering how God might kind of guide my path toward connecting with more people um, and, and helping to develop one another in that area. Yeah, very cool. I agree. There's so many of us starting to go, hey, I need to be, want to help. And the reality is our pastors, for the most part, don't have that chance. They're, they're, right. they're having different gifts, not necessarily the shepherding gifts. And that um, is lacking. We need it. So mm. I totally agree. Um, interesting. Well, okay. So we could talk forever because I think there's a lot that we could talk about this, but I can't believe we're already, we're, we're coming up against our time. So oh. thank you so much, Amy, for sharing your story. Is there anything you want to leave us with? You know, I think, um, just one thought is I, I have become so convinced that the most important thing is just to be able to move more fully into accepting God's love and grace for us because he is more loving and more graceful than we could ever comprehend. And I think, um, to me, this work of soul care and inviting people into it is all about inviting them into that space where they can really internalize and accept that love and grace for themselves in new ways and expanding ways. And I think if we, we can do all the right things and we can do all the, (laughs) do all the good things for God and totally miss out on soaking up that love and grace for ourselves. And wouldn't that be a tragedy? Yes. Yes, it would. Doubt. Amy, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to talk to you.